Greetings, you are listening to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'm joined as always by my good friends Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. Richard and Michael like to debate and deliberate the Mount Rushmore of any given topic, and this week I have given them the topic, and that is the Mount Rushmore of extravagant gifts. What a great gift you have you have given oh, us. Oh, I'll give the gift of, of, of obtuse topics. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I chose this, thanks for asking, because I recently went to Europe. Uh, don't treat me any differently. And in previous trips that, to that Europe, explains why you have the uh, the yeah. little tiny thin yes. mustache or and the, the ascot, uh, black and white striped shirt. That's right, yes. so dressed like a gondolier. Uh, and there are so many things. Like if you go down the Seine River in Paris, every bridge is like a gift from Russia or a gift from uh, England or a gift mm. from whatever. Mm. Paris as a city is like a woman that has been uh, lauded with baubles and bedecked with jewels from different countries and cities and things like that. And then you'll see castles that are gifts from a king to his wife or to his mistress or whatever. And um, and you know what I do for the holidays? Uh, my wife puts stuff on her Amazon wish list and I just click them and I don't even know what I got her. <laughs> so that's, that's how I roll. Um, so uh, I wanted to hear what Michael and Richard thought about this. So um, I am going to point to the most gifted person, um, which is not... Oh, and Richard's ducking. So it's going to be Michael. And Michael gets to start. You're welcome. Well, um, thank you. Uh, okay. Uh, I left off things from this list that would be on like the Buzz, BuzzFeed's list, oh, list yeah. of, like, I did look it a up. A Cartier, L- like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, like yeah. the Maharaja yeah. giving his wife a 45-carat diamond that was worth $250 million. Y- yeah. This, yeah. This, that is nothing that anyone can really uh-huh. give to another person. So... Um, Mine tend to a little bit more possible. So more less prevalent. extravagant is what you're saying. Yeah, my list of extravagant <laughs> gifts aren't that extravagant. Well, to but him, you know what I just did is I just audibled into my first choice, okay. which uh, goes against that because uh-huh. of the things that you just said. I don't understand. I'm what totally, we're going. I totally just I, I I I got in his head. So I yes, well Jeff got in my head, mm. and I'm going to be a little bit more freewheeling. I got something off of my list and added something. Love it. Um, so my list had previously been things that could only be given um, that are like, you know, normal things to give that are extravagant. Sure. But um, Jeff just saying that, man, it sparked something in me. It You gave me the gift of inspiration. You were like Prometheus. Um, the Statue of Liberty. Oh, also yes. Also on my list. Oh, okay, great. So there we Let's go. Let's knock it off number one. Yeah. Um, you know, a gift from France to the United States. Yes. Uh, I assume it was so we could look up her skirt. Got it right. Be. That's what the XTC Hollow, song right? says. So yeah, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with that. Um, I don't know anything about the Statue of Liberty. I've never really been there. I know mm-hmm. it was a big bronze statue that has since, uh, you know, uh, patinaed over and turned this, you know, yeah. gorgeous green color. Um, and given to him, I why they give it to us? So uh, it was, I think taking it was, in immigrants. I think. Yeah, I think it would, didn't it have something to do with the hundredth anniversary of. Of of the U.S. wasn't it part of the centennial? Could Good research here. This is why you don't. This is why generally I write things down before. Well, I thought it was the "Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses" was uh, a nod to the number of French immigrants or European immigrants that America absorbed. Or I think emigra- you're emigrate. Well, maybe. Uh, I know that the French supported the American Revolution to the 
detriment of the um, uh, which basically they gave all their money to the U.S., which helped start the uh, French Revolution, which which was the undoing of the 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 um, the royal. Order, yeah, it so. looks like uh, it was the idea, um, and it was proposed by Edouard René de la Boulier president of the French Anti-Slavery Society, and he said, if a monument should rise in the United States as a memorial to their independence, I think it only natural it would be built by a united effort, a common work of both of our nations. So yeah, it was uh, uh, in dedication to uh, the independence, which, you know, the U.S. became yeah. independent first, and the French kind of followed shortly after. Yeah, there's this whole idea of, well, thanks for giving us a statue, France. That's exactly what we needed. I mean, that's kind of where I take what I got from this is like the United States. What if we didn't like it? What mm. if it was really ugly? Mm. Could we have turned it down? Send Would we back. have oh, returned to sender? Dave, Just restamp the postmark on all yeah. the boxes. Ask going if back. there was a gift receipt with it, or, or or would we have like begrudgingly accepted and act like we really loved it, and then shipped it off to Kansas somewhere? The big, uh, the so we never would have like nowhere, no one would ever. As long as apes it said COD never on it. it. Yeah, COD. Oh my god, come on! As long as apes never allow it to go into ruin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're in good shape. I guess that's a good, good question, though, of, you know, again, having done uh, no research, so all of the history people that are interested in this, that are following our podcast... Are so angry right are now. Are so angry. We're a um, one national monument podcast, <laughs> and you ain't it, Statue of Liberty. <laughs> a gift that is given to us does need, of that size, does need a certain amount of preparation, like... Here you go. We're going to build uh, this gigantic statue. Where are we going to put it? Uh, we'll put it on this little island. We have to clear off this island. What do we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's more, it feels like it was, it, at the time it may have been seen as much of a pain in the ass as it was a, a, a gift. So my uh, big screenplay that I was working on mm-hmm. right before 9-11 <laughs> yeah. uh, was um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is the park ranger on Liberty Island. Okay. On July 4th. 2001, he has to save the three most important women in his life. His wife, his daughter, aunt, cut to Statue of Liberty with helicopters hovering over it with cables attached to the Statue of Liberty where French terrorists are trying to steal it back because they only <laughs> lent it to us. Oh. Wow. Kaboom! Take Nine, the lady. Or something damn, like that. Damn it, 9-11. Yeah, yeah, yeah damn it. You were the real Take victim. The lady. Yeah, I'm the you real were the victim. real victim of yes, 9-11. Yes, here, absolutely. That movie would have just been called Liberty. You think? Yeah. I mean, the the statue is, I'm looking at it, it's 151 feet tall, just the copper statue itself. Although it's only like, it's the, th- it looks like it's the third largest actual statue. If you look at the Statue of Unity, which is in uh, New Jersey, India. India. And that one is like twice the size. But I mean, if you look at it, it's just like this kind of gooberish looking dude. I mean, that does not inspire anything. No. But yeah, you have to get this thing. You have to put it on a special island. They had to build a fucking island for it. Yeah. They didn't want it on the land. No. No one was willing to give up their land. They're like, I put it on, Mm -hmm. I guess, Liberty Island. No. This is where this is exactly where a good uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> impression would fix this. 
by the way. Okay. We'll cut, we'll cut it out. <laughs> um, so that's an extravagant gift, not of an individual necessarily, but of a country to another country. And so that is a great place to serve. Okay, what do you got, man, Freddie? All right, so my second choice is the Taylor Burton Diamond. Oh, okay. Um, you mentioned you, Someone mentioned Cartier, I believe Michael did, when he was talking about things he wouldn't be talking about. I didn't, but okay. Yeah, you did. We I'm, can go back and check the tape, but oh somebody definitely we, uh, mentioned I Cartier. Cartier. I said somebody Jeff did. Jeff did. God Cartier, damn yeah. it, somebody said it. And I want yeah, Car- to know who. <laughs> Jimmy Cartier. Um, so this was a 68-carat uh, diamond. Uh, that was purchased in 1968 by Cartier um, at auction for one one $1,500,000. And the underbidder, so the uh, second closest, the closest bidder was Richard Burton. Dickie Burton. Dick Burton, who was looking to buy it for his wife, then wife mm-hmm. Elizabeth Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he found out that he had been underbid, he got so mad that he vowed to get this at any cost and wound up paying, wound up going back to... Uh, to uh, Cartier and buying it for, I think it was... Uh, it was like a million or something. Yeah, a little bit over, a bit over a million dollars. I'm looking up the exact number right here, but $1.1 wow. $1. $1 million. Yeah. Um, it was 1960s dollars, I mean, This right? is 1960s yeah. dollars, which I think was pretty much the budget of Cleopatra, yeah. to put that oh, wow. into some it's sort of huge, context. Yeah. I mean, it's it was a huge amount of money, and he decided... He decided that he had to have it, even though Elizabeth Taylor told him, don't worry about it. I don't really need it. It's just a diamond. Yeah. No, dear, I have to get this for you. <laughs> um, so I wound up buying this thing, and it wound up being too big to wear as a ring, so they wound up getting it made into a necklace mm-hmm. or a pendant or whatever you want to call it that was specifically made so it would cover up her tracheotomy scar Wow. that she had from when she almost died from pneumonia back in 61, I guess mm-hmm. that was. Mm-hmm. Um, so you wound up wearing it to a couple of occasions, such as the, uh, uh, some birthday party for Princess Grace, an Academy Award ceremony. Yeah. Then kind of just kept it in her collection of jewels, um, after she divorced Richard Burton, decided to sell the thing and wound up selling it for like $3 million, like Mm -hmm. 10 years later, wound up turning this big profit on it, wound up taking the money and, uh, donating it to one of her charities that built three separate hospitals in Africa huh. on the money. And her quote nice. was essentially, well, I was, you know, I didn't need any more jewelry and we needed the money. Mm-hmm. So that was that. And the children in the hospital are the ones who mind the or diamonds. Mind the child. There's a reason <laughs> and they all have black lung. It was a Elizabeth Taylor's yeah. hospital for children with uh-huh. black lung. I like That's the story because it it's, it's like a double gift. It's a gift an extravagant gift that turns into a gift from Elizabeth Taylor, yeah. turning it into building these hospitals. It, I think that's great. It seems like it finally found that money found its true yeah. purpose yeah. there. And it was actually part of the uh, agreement to, from Cartier to sell it was that Cartier would get to display the jewel at their stores in Chicago and New York as a public exhibition before it was officially turned over to the Burton Taylor oh, wow. household. So this became like a big, like, Thing where like six thousand people a day were coming through the store, yeah, to come see the uh, jewel. So they wound up getting all this free publicity and people mm-hmm. into the store. It even made an appearance on as a guest on the uh, Ed Sullivan Show. Mm-hmm. So Cartier probably got more money out of this in publicity than they ever would have 
if they owned the damn thing themselves. Mm-hmm. What happened to the diamond? Is that the one that uh, Charles Grodin tried to steal? And uh, that's you're thinking of the baseball diamond. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> very very close though. In, uh, in the Great Muppet Caper. Yeah. So, okay. can you think of any lovers who are as celebrated as Burton and Taylor? Or like Liz was the woman who was kind of like married to so many men and things like that, and, and kind of like uh, I I forget who which of them or they were both previously engaged when they met, I think. But like at that that extravagant gift towards a woman who might have been at that time the most desirable woman on the planet, right? Uh, it almost feels like Richard Burton was now on par with every other guy in the world thinking, I have to do something amazing right. to well, keep had, this woman. <laughs> and he had already bought her some $300,000, the Krupp diamond. Uh-huh. There was like a 28-carat or 30-carat diamond wow. a few years before that. Yeah. So buying expensive jewelry for her was something that he certainly felt like he had to do mm-hmm. in order to... Uh, which I don't understand. Was he in that many big blockbusters? Yeah, like where was where was his money coming from? Yeah, it's surprising to think I didn't think he. I knew he was a very stage actor, yeah, and like did lots of sort of like actory type movies. Mm-hmm. But you know, I would think that that's more her money that he's spending than anything yeah. else. It's like the thing where I always tell my wife that if she ever buys me a, you know, you see the commercials that someone buys their wife surprises them with a car for Christmas. Mm-hmm. If she does that for me, I'm going to be so pissed off. Yeah. That's <laughs> half my money that she just spent. And that's how I feel about this. Yeah. So you think Liz Taylor was like, really? Yeah. A million dollars? Really? Yeah. Well, I think Posh and Beck's probably the closest to, maybe. to those. Yeah. yeah. Or Brad and Angie. Got Posh yeah. in her name for God's sakes. Yeah. Well, Richard, that dovetails right into my second yes. pick, which is whatever car is under a bow in a Christmas commercial for that company. <laughs> there we go. BMW, Mercedes, Lexus, all these <laughs> yuppie families in turtlenecks and cashmere yes. coats. Yes. Whatever car is under there is an extra... A gift is... A car is so expensive as a gift yeah. on Christmas, specifically. The- Less so when, like, a kid turns 16 and they get, like, a $2,000 beater. It's like yeah. their first car. To get a car when you turn 16, 17, 18, going off to college, that's a crazy gift, but it's very normal. Mm-hmm. It's manageable. The lifestyle purchase gift of, like, here's your brand new most expensive Lexus that you oh, can yeah. buy that's just waiting out in the... Uh, driveway when it's lightly dusted with snow covered in a red bow is so fucking ridiculous and extravagant and it make, turns my stomach. Mm. <laughs> How long do you think that trope is probably started in print advertising with a Model T Ford or something way back in the day, a drawing You're of a Model right. T Ford? Yeah, it was, yeah. I would love to do the thing where you just get a big bow and put it on, throw it haphazardly on the driveway and then like bring your wife to the window and go, honey, look, holy shit, it got stolen. <laughs> Pretend that somebody you just have the bow. Yeah, the bow run over. Yeah. <laughs> like some tire tracks. It's, it's like for Halloween when I used to dress up as like a zombie and my dad would just run over my clothes yeah. to look like they were beat up. Just get the bow out there in the street. Just, uh, I was there a second ago. Oh my God. Uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> oh, well. Let's call the police. Nah, they're busy. I don't know. I think those commercials are... I mean, they know they're pretentious. They know they're advertising to a particular class of person. It's Mm -hmm. 
it's the family that's at the end of the we didn't start the fire com- uh, you know oh, music yeah. video <laughs> it's the uh neighbors in a uh, christmas vacation that yeah, live right. next door to uh yes Clark was it john stewart and uh was it? it was julie louis dreyfus and i can't remember who the guy was. was john stewart or somebody was the guy i don't think maybe so. not anyway okay. it's those it's those late 80s uh Yuppie. yuppies yeah. that yeah. are just so gross and just like i'm surprised i like it's the car to have that the car i've always wanted fuck you <laughs> go buy go buy go buy like a sensible car yeah i don't know i just can't get over it like that idea yeah uh, so, dudes, uh, let's take a break and let's let people know that next week's episode is going to be the Mount Rushmore of... Uh, people have turned their lives around. People have turned their lives around. Okay. Uh, you know what made me... Redemption. This? Redemption uh, was the holidays kind of coming up in... One of my favorite parts of A Christmas Carol is that moment where Scrooge is... Uh, Survive the night with the ghosts of past and present and future, and then okay. he wakes up and he starts bugging the kid in the street to buy the goose and to do. The, he realizes that it's Christmas Day and he hasn't missed it. And he's got another shot at life. What you don't see is the kid runs off with the money and never comes yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, he's that, got that coin, yeah. that coin, that shilling <laughs> that he's never had in his life. Yeah. The one as big as me. The fucking goose is as big as me. I'm gonna throw it on my back trying to carry yeah, it. Sure. I'm just gonna keep this homie's money. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, third act (laughs) renewals and revivals and stuff like that. We'll talk about that. Uh, So you know what? Do us a solid. Download, rate, and review previous episodes. Uh, We'd appreciate it. And you know what? Do us a bigger solid. Share this podcast with someone you love. Or if you hate somebody, just stick it to them with this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Screw you. Here's a podcast. So here's what I want you guys to do. If you're listening to this episode and you listen to this part right now, go on Twitter and just post... Tag us at Mount Rushmore Pod to say at Mount or Mount at Mount Rushmore Pod Turkey Pie, Turkey Pie. And I don't want to see how many people post this Turkey Pie. Yes, I think I'm going to be very disappointed. But it, just do it anyway. Is it a Let's see what happens. Is it one word? Just what, however you want however to do it. Okay, okay. However you feel motivated to post Turkey Pie. Yeah, Jeff. Do you know how hashtags work? You can't just do like Turkey and then <laughs> Pie. It's not. Good. We just get the hashtag Turkey. And oh, then, sorry. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Sorry, bros. Uh, okay. All right. We're back. And I think uh, for Man Friday, he's going to list his third. All right. So my third choice. You were mentioning the great couples of all time. Yeah. Uh, you forgot one. Kim and Kanye. Oh, of course. Duh, of course. Yeah. No, that's a super couple. Yeah. And a few years ago, uh, for a part of his wedding present to his wife, was not a car with a bow. It was not... A uh, diamond ring. It was uh, ten Burger King franchises. Holy snap! In Europe, or at Ew. least the rights to open ten of them. Apparently, they never. Oh yeah, witchies! Wow. <laughs> Apparently, that she never. Uh, they never actually followed through and opened them. And I guess the rights eventually expired. Right? I'm not sure how French. I don't have my Burger King King franchisee mm. handbook in front of me to know exactly how this works. Yeah, it's like an option on a they screenplay had, or something. Yeah, like but they she. And this apparently all happened because they are both fast food obsessed. They both love fast food. See? Celebrities. They're just like us. They're just like us, you guys. Wow. Just like us. I mean, usually sometimes you might buy your wife a Burger King food. Or in their case, they just bought themselves uh, the rights to open 10 
Burger Kings. Now, I don't know how you get to Burger King as the one, because I even if they love fast food, I guarantee you their favorite fast food cannot be Burger King. Mm-hmm. It can't be. Nobody's favorite fast food place is Burger King. Yeah, yeah I guess Burger say King is the place where you go when like McDonald's is too far away. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, there's a McDonald's like a couple of blocks, like five blocks away, or eh, there's Burger King right here. I we could could get a Whopper. What's your what's your eh. pay? Unlike let's say the big four, like Burger King, McDonald's, Wendy's, Carl's Jr. What's your packing order? Uh, like if you're like your druthers, like if I had, if there's one on every corner. Yeah, I would go Wendy's. Yep. Carl's Jr. Yeah, McDonald's. Yeah, Burger King. Nailed it! Wow, wow. We can we can end uh, Mount Rushmore finally. <laughs> we agreed on one thing. Mount exact order. Brought to you by Wendy's, <laughs> McDonald's, Carl's Jr. and Burger. But I just don't get why it was Burger. Why it was a Burger King? I don't know if it was that they just happened to have franchises for sale. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's in. Why I don't know why it was in Europe. Well, they have kings there. Maybe that's why they that's, thought it was actual royalty. Oh, that's true. They, they, they thought a, they were actually buying actual yeah, people. We got clowns. They got kings. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's just such a bizarre story that's totally fitting to bizarre yeah. rich people. I wonder if he did the thing that we do here where if you, you order the thing on the catalog too late, you print it out on the laser printer at work and you put a photo of it in a card, like, oh, I got you this tennis racket, but it's not here yet. You put the, like, he did that with Burger King franchises. Right. A picture of some franchises that are in a card. Like, he really never expected her to actually, like, yeah. cash it in. I don't know. Uh, you got these <laughs> franchises. Yeah, but with the, the, so basically it was their version of, like, the free back rubs. Yeah, that's mm. it. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but that's, yes. Can you imagine? That is a couple that has never given each other a massage. Like oh, no. Late at night. It's just like, I need a massage. And then just this fleet of people uh, yeah. come streaming in <laughs> that have just been waiting in their wings. Much better at giving massages than either of them. <laughs> All the essential oils. Okay, uh, Winfield. Okay. Uh, my third choice is a professional sports team's championship ring. Because there is nothing more extravagant than a billionaire giving out a ring worth thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars to a millionaire. Oh, yeah. The idea that you win this thing for your billionaire owners and they, in turn, aside from paying you a shit ton of money throughout the year, uh-huh. also buy you like this this diamond-studded, ruby-studded ring that you can flash around. It is such a ridiculous and extravagant gift. Mm-hmm. It is the sign of like this ultimate... like. Um, Accomplishment. You'd think that once you get to a level of when you are that high in playing sport, you are there to play the sport. You are there to win, and the knowledge of winning should, in theory, be enough. The paychecks, I'm sure, too. You're playing it because you want to get paid, but just to walk around with like this gaudy yeah. ring. And I was reading a little bit about it. I guess the first championship ring that was ever given out was... Um, the 1922 New York Giants beat the New York Yankees. And before and after, um, it didn't quite, it, that was the first time that it, sometimes it caught on. Like the Yankees would give out like a pocket watch. Mm-hmm. That seems very like, oh, I know what time it is. Mm-hmm. Thanks to the Yankees. Mm-hmm. But um, these things have gotten to the point where they are just ridiculous. Yeah, They are either like so super meta 
or so braggadocious that they become gross. How's it meta? Well, like, um, I think it was, uh, there was a baseball ring where, I think it was the Giants, or no, it was the uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. At some point, a squirrel ran across the field at some point during a World Series game. And so the squirrel became diamond-encrusted oh. and Im- embedded yeah. into uh, the ring. Okay. Uh, the... Uh, the New England Patriots a few years ago uh, defeated the uh, Atlanta Falcons coming back from 28 to seven. They were down 28 to seven mm-hmm. going into the third or the fourth quarter and they came back to win the thing. Um, it was an impossible come from behind win. It was incredible. And of course, to rub it in, it's covered in 287 diamonds. Oh, okay. Like, Holy it's just God. like a little yeah. bit of extra fuck you to like, yeah. man, you already beat the team. You already yeah. made them feel as low as possible. Now you got to go in and just... It is so weird yeah. and gross and extravagant that um, I don't know. Only the elite of the elite athletes ever win this thing. But does it? If it's Brady with that ring, it's one thing. If it's Colin Kaepernick, or if it's like there's already not to get into too much like regarding politics and mm-hmm. labor and and this this sense of of uh, the the differing points of view about uh, the I don't know the economic socioeconomic structure of these uh, mm-hmm. owners and yeah. their employees. <laughs> but like to give somebody this ring that they paid for many times over through their uh, sweat, their <laughs> risking of their body, <laughs> it almost seems like uh, giving your wife some house slippers after she gave birth to five kids and raised them <laughs> for you. <laughs> Maybe. And I'm sure like it depends on the organization. I don't, you know, and from sport to sport, I'm sure the size and, you know, illustrious nif, mm-hmm. illustrious nif, illust- la, la, la. Yeah, the um, extravagance of it. Yeah. I, I I almost got to a word that I didn't know how to pronounce. Illustriousness. The snuffleupagus of it all. <laughs> um, you know, uh, it probably depends. Yeah. Uh, man, Freddie. All right, this is my last one. My last one. I believe it's my last I one. Think it's your I last hope one. it's my last one because I don't have any you more. Got, on I got here, no more. So I got no more. That's it. I'm all out. Um, my last one is Richard Pryor in the toy. Oh, because <laughs> nothing is wackier than human trafficking. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially if it's a white person buying a black person. Mm-hmm. That's always wacky. Yes. I like uh, the 1982 movie, The Toy, uh, directed by Richard Donner. Probably one I think he would like to have taken back. Yeah. In hindsight, starring Richard Pryor and uh, Jackie Gleason. And also Scott Schwartz uh, from uh, the kid, one of the kids from uh, Christmas Story. Fleck. Fleck from Christmas Fleck. Story, yeah. yeah. Um, and if you haven't seen this movie, it is fucking weird. Like the plot is just bonkers. Yeah. It's, so been, it's been years and years. Um, essentially, uh, Richard Pryor plays an unemployed guy whose house is about to get foreclosed on. He's been trying to get a, a job at the local newspaper. And hasn't been able to get one. Uh, one day he takes a job working as a janitor at a at a toy store. Uh, it's it's run by the big magnate in town who also owns the newspaper, played by Jackie Gleason. And his son happens to see him goofing around with a bunch of toys and realizes that's what I'd like to have as my gift because my dad said I could have anything in the toy store that I wanted, and what I want is him. So they wind up reaching an agreement to basically pay him this big sum of money to be his plaything for a week during his spring break. 
and lots of wacky adventures ensue. And it, it's just one of those things where it's like every movie under the sun is getting remade today. There is zero percent chance this movie <laughs> yeah. is ever getting remade. Yeah. Um, just if it the, were Jerry Lewis, it would have been a different thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if since a, a a white family owning a black man, yeah, and it's set in Louisiana for for even uh, even more down south homely, uh-huh. homey feels. Whew. No, that's not happening, yeah. you guys. Yeah. That that you know, uh, Richard Pryor had done so much to break free of that uh, of the era of entertainment in which uh, minority entertainers were were designated relegated to those roles, and to see that happen again didn't seem like the kind of hilarious um, um, commentary that that Cleavon Little played in, in Blazing Saddles. Right. It wasn't that. It, whatever that was, was more advanced and and played for comedy it than whatever he was this doing. Yeah. dumb, broad comedy that involved Richard Pryor getting, being humiliated by this kid for yeah. the first half of the music movie. Yeah. And then they bond. And then the second half of the movie turns into this like anti-KKK caper yeah. with the kid. And then it gets very schmaltzy with trying to get the kid to learn to love his dad and the dad to love his kid. Uh-huh. And it's just, it's like these three separate movies all yeah. kind of like mushed in together. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work yeah. like at all. What a what a generational difference between Gleason and Pryor. Too. And apparently yeah. that's one of the reasons Richard Pryor signed on was that he was a huge fan of Jackie Gleason. Yeah. And once he was attached to it, he wanted to be involved in it. Uh-huh. And somewhere there would have been a script for a movie that would have brought them together that would have been great. Yeah. This, this ain't it, that Bob. Ain't it, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay, uh, Winfield, what's your last? Well, my last gift is the uh, most extravagant gift extravagant gift I've ever received uh, from my wife. Was it a baby? No. Oh, so you're saying that there was a gift that was less extravagant than your your darling son. No, no. This is more extravagant. More extravagant than a kid. A Roomba. Oh. Wow. Now, uh, I think she she and my dad and uh, other people chipped in. But this, uh, I was obsessed when Felix was born with keeping the floors clean because mm-hmm. we have these two dogs and we have these two cats and the place is just like run amok. And we I have was, a goat, uh, a couple uh, of chickens. <laughs> <laughs> also I was we have a dirt floor. <laughs> sweeping, just constantly sweeping and, and cleaning the floor and just like the Swiffer and just, uh, just every day, multiple times a day, just trying to keep the dust and the dirt and the hair. And they got us a Roomba and uh, I've bought in and it's given that gift has given me the greatest gift of all, which is time. Oh, the wow. time of not spent just sweeping. Yeah. We just set this thing and it just goes and it just sucks up dirt and hair. And I recommend one for everyone. It makes your life so much easier. It's wonderful. Okay. And it feels so very extravagant to have a... It is like having Rosie the robot from the Jetsons. You have a robot that is pre-programmed to go around and clean your floors and return back to home base uh-huh. and charge. It feels su- such something out of the future yeah. that is just like, I, we don't... We don't need it was it was the feeling of there's no way we need this. This is so expensive. There's no way that we could what we, we have a vacuum. We have we can just sweep. It's fine. You just put in the mm-hmm. sweat equity into this. It's just, it's just I don't deserve this. And then you get it and you're like, 
how did we ever live without this fucking robot wow. doing the sweeping for us? Wow. If the... Um, it, it works? I thought those things looks like they'd break down right away. No. No. It, it I mean, it, told, ate, it ate one of Michael's two cats. That's, but, one of the, that's oh, the best part, oh, is oh, that oh. we're down to three animals oh, now. Oh. <laughs> less so much, less, less, less dirt, yeah. It's great. It's just, you it, you know, it, it just goes, and it just gives you that knowledge of being like, okay, floors are clean. I'm at work. Hey, don't have to come home mm-hmm. and sweep right away. Don't have to yeah. tidy up after these fucking rotten animals. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. And just those, that... I think there's two things. I think something happens too with like an extravagant gift that a lot of people that aren't um, of means, you don't ever feel like you deserve anything. You don't ever feel yeah. like you deserve that expensive gift. Yeah. And like that's such a weird feeling to get one. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, oh, okay. You think this, the, you think this much of me yeah, is, yeah. Weir- is a weird yeah. A weird thing, like when you, I don't know. It's so when you first introduced this into the the household, did the pets freak out? Like I could see Uno trying to attack it or the, fleeing from it. Or they, something. they jump up on the couch, but they've gotten used to it. Yeah. Dirt, Dirt Vader, as he's called, <laughs> as you get to name him, he goes around. He's black. This obel- <laughs> this black obelisk thing that just circles and <sighs> sucks it all up. But um, yeah, I just one of those things. You're just like, oh wow, I can't believe I, there's no. You're just like stunned. Mm-hmm. The stunned gift is the extravagant mm-hmm. gift. And go get one and sponsor this podcast, Roomba. This uh, podcast brought to you by McDonald's and Roomba. And fake Roomba. And fake Roomba. Fake Roomba. <laughs> whatever, whatever the generic version is. Hey, of you that got is. a Romba. Thank you. A rhombus. Uh, a rhombus. Uh, okay, so uh, let's make some choices. Uh, let's go with um, Statue of Liberty. Uh, let's go with. Uh, Burton Diamond And let's go uh, With I think the car commercial thing is pretty funny um, And Is that it? One more One more And let's go with um, Because uh, uh, We're going to have him on as guests next week Kim and Kanye Okay perfect Yes This has been uh, The Mount Rushmore Which was a gift from the Native Americans to us That we didn't they didn't tell us. We didn't choose. Wait. We didn't tell them it was a gift. It was a they gift. They didn't know yeah. it was they a They didn't gift. know it was being given to them, to it's us the best, by them. The most extravagant type yeah, of gift. Yeah, the most extravagant. Type of gift the other person doesn't know they're yeah. giving. Uh, this has been the Mount Rushmore podcast. I, as usual, am Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. 